With us today is Steve Cates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky, and uh, he always comes on on Sunday mornings to tell us to expand our minds and look up in the sky and what are we going to see and what are we going to dream about. Uh, Steve, uh, what is, what's up on the front page today? Well, John, good morning to you and the listeners. We start off with the innermost planet, Mercury, which, by the way, people can actually see this weekend if you look in, excuse me, into the northwest sky after sunset. Mercury, as we know, is a very elusive planet. But the Europeans sent a spacecraft toward Mercury called Bebe Colombo. And what it does, or what it's doing, is it actually detected, like we have on the Earth, these auroras, where the uh, sky lights up from protons from the sun. But since Mercury has hardly an atmosphere, this spacecraft, saying that this particular planet, which is bathed in the heat of the sun, only 36 million miles away from the sun, auroras actually exist on this planet Mercury. And what happens is protons from the sun hit the dark side of Mercury, shoot up into the above atmosphere, if you want to call it a slight atmosphere, and actually go and pound the ground on the daylight side. So on Mercury, this is bizarre, auroras, John, would start off on the ground, and if you were on the surface of Mercury, you would see this amazing kaleidoscope of colors. Well, the universe continues to get more interesting, don't you think? It, it certainly does, and uh, we know a fraction, a fraction of what's really yes. going on, and uh, that's why I think so many people enjoy your uh, your piece every Sunday morning because it, it adds to the the mysteries, it adds to our our ways of dreaming about learning someday of what's going on. Well, thanks, John, for the compliment. And, you know, we continue with this mystery of the week. We talked about it before. The question is, the mystery, what happened to the water on Mars? But it gets more interesting. Mars is only about 4,200 miles in diameter, obviously smaller than the Earth. But this particular planet has the largest volcano in the solar system. It goes up to a 75,000-foot height. Remember, Mount Everest is just a little over maybe 29,000 feet. It's as big, John, as the entire state of Arizona where I'm at, 375 miles wide. So that's the largest big volcano in the solar system. It's actually larger than what we call on Earth. Mount Everest is not the tallest of all mountains, at least from the surface of the Earth. It looks that way. Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea, the volcanoes in Hawaii, are actually taller than Mount Everest. But let's go back to Mars. Scientists are saying that this particular big giant volcano, by the way, called Olympus Mons, was active billions of years ago. And around it, they theorized, was this gigantic deep ocean. So Mars in its early days was very active with volcanism. And imagine seeing, John, a volcano the size of the state of Arizona. But where the heck did the water go? And the simple answer is, at least a complicated answer that astronomers hope to find the answer officially to, is that Mars lost its magnetic field but I think between you and I, a lot more things happen. But this volcano is absolutely massive on a small planet. Uh, well, yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Um, how is our uh, rovers uh, doing up there in Mars? Well, we find Perseverance is still continuing. There's obvious changes in the weather on Mars. And what we're going through right now, John, is remember the light time that it takes to send signals between Earth and Mars. Mars is at one of its most distant, you know, distances from the Earth right now. We're talking about 200 million miles. So it takes those signals a long time. But the rovers continue to do 
I consider to be stellar work, no pun intended. What they're doing is particularly perseverance. It's actually drilling into the surface of Mars and removing in these small, what we call them, tight test tubes, so that in the future, a Mars return sampling mission will land on the surface of Mars near, let's say, Perseverance, scoop up, hopefully, this sounds like science fiction, but it's real, and return those precious samples back to the Earth from the red planet. So Mars is still continuing to be on the front page. It's amazing how those robots continue to work and fairly flawless, but a lot of them are done and used, that is, solar power, and the little Ingenuity helicopter, it had a period of time where dust actually settled on the solar panels. But hopefully that's been cleared because that's done amazing work as a tiny little drone. But there's something, John, in closing closer to home. Scientists, Korean scientists, are saying that removing too much carbon dioxide from the atmosphere may simply not fix climate change. What is this all about? But changes in atmospheric circulation may persist for centuries, they're saying, after CO2 decreases. So they did an experiment, and they hypothetically said, let's increase the amount of carbon dioxide for 140 years, and let's see what would happen if we tried to reduce it over another 140 years. And they found out that the climate would not return to normal in their simulation for another 200 years. So this is amazing. We're all talking about global warming. Some people talk about years ago global cooling. But the simple point I'm trying to get across to the audience, and hopefully, you know, very simply today, it's a theory, is that even though CO2 is considered a demon substance, it's so necessary for life on Earth. But these scientists are saying that, well, even if you tried to decrease it, you may have some serious circulation problems in the atmosphere. And one of the reasons, John, that this whole big, serious, you know, summer here in Phoenix, we call it the epicenter of hell, is that these weather systems get stalled and these high pressure systems more about this hopefully in future editions but i wonder what your take on this is it's just so fascinating that we're talking about what might happen if you tried to reduce cot co2 excuse me but necessarily that may not be the solution to climate change wow uh and uh, we had a person uh, from nasa addressing our breakfast group last saturday and yes. uh, we got at it, and uh, uh, he felt that uh, uh, the warm temperatures is, is permanent climate change. And I said, well, you know, the Earth traditionally uh, goes up and down over hundreds of years. Absolutely. And what else would you like this Sunday morning? Well, John, I want to end off always on the super positive note, that things that people can actually see in the sky. We talked about the innermost planet Mercury. You can actually see it with the naked eye. Look, just about 20 minutes after sunset in the northwest, if you have a clear and unobstructed view of the horizon. But after that beautiful supermoon, by the way, we get another one on the 30th. We call that the super blue moon. That'll be the closest full moon of the entire year. But, John, the meteor shower called the Perseids is actually, you know, warming up. It'll peak on the morning hours of August the 13th. But what we can tell people is look in the northeast sky after midnight, even though the moonlight might interfere a little bit, but toward the 12th and 13th, I've watched it for over 40 years, and this is a great sky show. If you're away from the city lights, even city lights may be able to see a few. Northeast sky, around 1 a.m. till sunrise, the sky may pour forth many, many meteors. And to learn always much more about what we do proudly here on 77, Talk Radio 77, WABC, simply go to wabcradio.com for the Dr. Sky Experience. 
John, we have a brand new update where people can listen in and they can learn so much more about things that they can see as we open people's minds up on Sundays on the Cats Roundtable. Proud to be part of your show. Thank you so much, uh, Steve Cates, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Enjoy your ride to the mountains. Have a good morning. Thank you.